Train Your Body with the American College of Sports Medicine on Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Here's Melanie Cole. The American College of Sports Medicine just announced its annual fitness trend forecast for 2016. And in a previous segment, we were talking about wearable technology and various body weight exercises. And my guest is Dr. Walt Thompson, Regents Professor of Exercise Science in the Department of Kinesiology at Georgia State. So now, Dr. Thompson, let's move on a little bit because I'd like to even, so the top 10, Give us the top 10 in just a quick summary, and then I'd like to talk about some of the ones that hit the, you know, after 10, after those top 10. Yeah, it would be interesting, too, Melanie, to talk about what didn't make the top 20 this year, which uh, at least one or two of them are very surprising. Well, then why don't you start with that? Start with the what didn't make it that's been there before. Sure. Well, the the most disappointing one that failed to make the top 20 uh, were exercise programs specifically designed for children in the treatment of obesity. Uh, it had been popular for quite some time. Uh, it seemed as though the health and fitness industry, particularly these commercial clubs, the for-profits, were developing, designing programs specifically uh, for kids who are overweight or obese. And for the first time in a long time, it dropped out of the top 20. Uh, wow, I, I and a, it's such an important topic, too. Incredibly important when you also couple that with the knowledge that uh, many states in this country are dropping, as a requirement, physical education out of school curricula. Uh, here in Georgia, for example, where I am, uh, there is no physical education requirement past elementary school. Past really? Grade. Exactly. Uh, There's no physical education requirement in middle school or in high school. Yet people wonder why Georgia is like number three on the list for the most obese kids in the country. Uh, So at the same time, yeah, at the same time, we're seeing states questioning whether or not kids should have daily physical education. We also, for the first time, have seen the health in the health and fitness industry not have an interest or at least a strong interest in developing specific programs for kids. Very disappointing this year. I'm hoping that listeners uh, will get on the phone and talk to their state legislators to uh, improve the physical education requirements in our states, but also talk to the gym owners, not just the community-based programs like the WISE and the Boys and Girls Clubs and the JCCs, but these commercial clubs that have the time and talent to get into our schools, even after school to develop significant programs for the treatment of obesity. That's so important. What else didn't make the list that you were surprised about? The second thing that I was surprised about were worker incentive programs. Up until this year, uh, and again, it may be related to the recession, I'm not sure, but we, we have seen over the past several years, particularly since about 2009 forward, at worker incentive programs where companies were paying for gym memberships. They were paying for preventive health programs. And again, for the first time this year, we saw worker incentive programs drop out of the top 20. Again, that's as disappointing uh, as the industry's failure to develop programs for kids in obesity. Wow. I, I am disappointed with you because I think that worker incentive and both childhood obesity 
have I thought they would be moving up in these trends lists. And one of the ones that I find interesting that's on there now is number 14 is outdoor activities. I, I don't remember. I'm sure it's been on there before, but I don't remember seeing that. And does that include play? Because, of course, that impacts children and recess and things along those lines. Right. Outdoor activities has hovered around the number 20 spot for quite some time. The way we describe it in our survey, though, are outdoor activities designed by health clubs that incorporate outdoor activities like mountain climbing uh, and runs in parks and things like that. So not specifically to children, although that's a great idea. Well, look at me. See, I just gave you an idea for next year's thing to incorporate recess and play because, you know, that's another way to get our kids out and doing something fit and active. And I see that programs for older adults is still in the top 10. Yeah, I think it's going to be around for a while, particularly as those of us who are in the baby boom generation begin to retire. Uh, This uh, older group is probably the only demographic that still has some discretionary money laying around that they can buy health club memberships. But what the really smart health clubs are doing, particularly the commercial clubs are doing, is that they know for sure that the demographic between 6 and 9 a.m., between 11 and 1 p.m., and between 4 and 9 p.m., the demographic is going to be young folks. It's going to be the the 28 to 35-year-old bracket. But during that that early that uh, that mid morning and mid afternoon time, uh, where gyms have often said this is our dead time or our dead zone, the really smart clubs are turning their clubs around. They're turning the music down. They're putting on the '40s and the '50s kinds of brands of uh, music, turning the lights back on, and uh, making it more inviting for the elderly. And those that are really smart clubs, those are the clubs that are making a lot of money from these uh, these uh, older folks that have now retired that still want to remain active because when they were younger, we told them they had to remain active, and that's exactly what they're doing. And that's so interesting that you say those smart clubs are doing that and, and changing the lighting and the music and making it more because I remember those dead zones and you couldn't get anybody, but as a trainer, you'd get people in the older group to come in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when other people would be working. And right above that at number 7 is functional fitness. Tell the listeners what that is. Well, functional fitness is similar to fitness programs for older adults uh, in that it uh, mimics the uh, activities of daily living. So, for example, and the, the example that I use is that the older person who still wants to carry his or her groceries out of the grocery store, uh, they would be put on an exercise program that not only increases upper extremity strength, but lower extremity endurance. So the trainer would put them on that kind of program where they would increase the strength of the upper extremity so they can carry their bags, but also increase the endurance of a lower extremity so they can walk out to their car. So functional fitness programs are those kinds of programs that really do mimic the activities of daily living. It's not just for younger people. It could be for older people. It could be for younger people as well. Now, wearable technology being number one, but smartphone exercise apps, which everybody was lauding, saying this is going to be the way people are going to get motivated. And we have Dr. John Higgins on all the time talking about, you know, my fitness pal and running and, you know, run away and all these different ones. 
and that's down at 17. So is that going down the list because people are wearing instead? Yeah, it is, I think it's being replaced by wearable technology. Uh, we used to see, at least I saw on Facebook, a lot of people putting their GPS coordinates uh, on their Facebook page, and that was basically a smartphone app back then. You don't see a lot of that anymore uh, because there are literally thousands of uh, smartphone apps being uh, developed every single day. Uh, and you know, quite frankly, if you could wear a watch versus carrying your phone when you're exercising, makes a bit of a difference. I think we're going to we'll still see smartphone exercise apps be popular, but I think it's going to be replaced by wearable technology, smaller devices like the Fitbit, like the Apple Watch, things like that. Last thirty seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about the fitness trends for 2016 from the American College of Sports Medicine. Right. You can go to uh, acsm.org. You can download not only this survey, but all of our previous 10 surveys. And then we also have a table there that you can download. It's free. Download and look at each one of the the trends uh, in a table so you can track your favorite trend. I think that's just such an amazing thing, and we love having you on, Dr. Thompson, so much. And it's really a great survey that you do every year and so important as we look at the way our nation is fitness-wise and as we get healthier as a nation. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well.